Oh, now that's definitely a drag car. And this is Fast Matters, the everything drag racing podcast brought to you by American Drag Car. This installment of Fast Matters is brought to you by American Flotech, Arizona Differential Specialists, Torco Racing Lubricants of Arizona, Roadrunner Converters, Micro Import Service Incorporated, Wallace Motorsports, Growler Racing, and by American Drag Car, where being fast matters. Joey. Joey, are we at the races? I don't know, are we? Look, yeah. Hey, Hal, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Jeff? How you doing? Ah, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. We're doing okay. We didn't hurt anything. Well, this that's run, good. This first round at the Arizona Nationals for the Moroni Racing Car, but burned a head gasket, but uh, didn't seriously hurt anything, and we're proud to be here representing Arizona and all our sponsors. Heck yeah. Yeah, I was looking good for about first 300 feet, I'd say. Yeah, he left on him. We got I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I was going to put a. I was going to say, I'll bet you anybody, uh, Maroney puts a light on him. He's got a little bit of an issue though, rolling the beams, and one of these days I'm afraid that's going to bite him. But it's just the way he is. He's trying to get as good a staging as possible. You know, especially when you're racing a guy like the world champion Steve Torrance, you've got to have every possible advantage you get. And if that means a little extra rollout or a little less, whatever you want, you've got to do that. You that's know? right. And our crew works so hard. They are all Arizona people, every one of them. Our crew chief is the legendary Johnny West. Uh, Jim's mom and dad are both here doing something, you know. Uh, the, the daughters, one of them backs the car up. Everybody has a plan. Everybody has a job. And surprisingly, after only three races, three, one, two, three, four races, this crew works like a pretty well-oiled machine, and we are very, very proud of them. Cool. Very good. Well, I don't know. I just had nothing to do today. Um, got in from Albuquerque wait, at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Wait a minute. You had nothing to do today, and you had to think about coming to the Arizona Nationals the only time top fuel comes to Arizona? Well, Jeff, I know you don't race fuel cars, but we're in the way here. We're going to have to move for a truck. I was tired, man. I mean, I was all gung-ho to come, and then once I got relaxed after i got home i i was like 50 50 so i sent you a message hey when are you planning on being there yeah i got that this morning <clears throat> and then i woke up of course i woke up late <laughs> and then once we got we hit we came in on the new 202 yeah nice, nice piece of freeway yeah. except as soon as we hit i-10 it was stopped dead you want to know what's funny though i timed it this morning and i only beat my very best time to wild horse by a minute and a half, How, but I don't care. What did so you turn it in? Uh, 35, a little over 35 minutes, and it doesn't matter. That's pretty it's, good. It's a nice drive. I'm coming from 75th and Bell, yeah. so it's a nice drive. It's beautiful through this part of the state down here, and uh, I'd like to build a home down here, but I'm just a poor drag racer, Well, you so know, I, I still got to get my Mustang back together. Well, you, you need to do that. Here. Come on, let's, let's go over here and walk into the... Walk into the the Moroni Racing Pits and take a look at this car, or what's left of it, because the crew... Well, nothing got hurt. That's good. In, uh, we, we torched no, a head gasket pretty me. bad. We'll have to cut that. What? Damn it. Anyway, we, uh, we took the car apart pretending that we had made the first round. In other words, it's good practice oh. on tearing it down. So right now, as we walk up to the car, this is when we wish we had a video. 
But right now, the, the cl- complete clutch, the transmission, or rather the reverser is out of the car. Brian Kelly's working on the reverser. He's our clutch man. And the bare block is sitting here. All eight, all eight rods and pistons are out. And I looked at them, and they look good. Nice. So that, that's, a, that's a positive. Uh, I can't say the same for our first run on Friday. We completely just completely destroyed an engine. I'm not even sure the block. Ate the could block be up fixed. and everything. Yeah, yeah, torn up pretty bad. But you know something? We've chosen to do this. Yeah. Just like you've chosen to be a racer. I know you've broken parts. If there's a, if there's any racer in the pits that says he's never broken anything, he's probably lying to you. But it's part of what we do, you know. Right. And we, and we buy new parts, and we go back and we do it again. Brian, <laughs> Brian's sticking his tongue out. He knows. He knows. So, yeah. and cubic dollars, baby. Cubic dollars. cubic dollars, as he says. Yeah. And er, the crew is all at the Somehow. back there. Crew's at the back there, having lunch. You know, getting some nourishment. And there's people. The crowd is starting to filter out of the stands now. And that's what I do. I stand out front with hero cards and force them on people, telling them we're going to be heroes someday. You need to have one of these cards. But oddly enough, we're the only team in racing that, that I know of where they have a PR guy out in front of the car, and it's paid off for us. Oh, nice. Okay. Because thing I didn't realize, what counts now is to follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. That is how you get sponsors these days. Yeah, right. We no longer go to the office of the president and get down on our knees and beg <laughs> or send email after email or letters with books of pictures. No, it's likes. They look at yeah. They look at your numbers. That's what that's what's made. And I'm li- not really up on that. I don't know all that much about it. Not not every racer is by far. I mean, you're not going to print up hero cards for your car, but the same concept. Up well, there. it's the same with the podcast, as yeah. I understand it. And for old guys like me, the whole concept of of uh, the whole instant gratification, cell phone, da da thing, is a little foreign. But at least I'm smart enough to know that one has to adapt. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, so the crew is back there. Uh, Jim's wife, Laura, always makes something delicious for us to eat. We got a sponsorship this weekend from Firehouse Subs. They bring us boxes, oh, of, boxes okay. of sub sandwiches. Yeah. Hey, when the crew doesn't have to go out and hunt up something, can, can grab something to can Oh, grab those were good subs because they sponsored you guys for Vegas, too, last right. year, right? Vegas and L.A., yeah. Mm. And they just can grab something here anytime they're hungry, and we got cookies and chips and all the usual stuff. Interestingly enough, if we had hired a caterer to come in here and do it, if we bring our own caterer, it's like $2,000, or you can use NHRA's caterer, which is a little bit less. Really? Oh, yeah. They don't miss a choice. Wow. So Come on up here. Let's go a little further. Toolboxes surround the aisle here. Each of them has a specific thing that they do. This one on my right right now is where the cylinder head guys pull. They pull the heads off. See the push rod standing there? And then, of course, here's the fuel pumps. They, those don't normally come off, the ignition components. But you see there's two big pans under there catching all the drippings from any oil left in the engine. The oil gets changed, to, of course, totally after every run. Gets examined very carefully. Make sure there's no metal filings or metal pieces in it. Brian is taking the reverser right now and tightening all of the bolts. If you rattle the tires like our, our next-door neighbor here, Terry Totten, said that was the worst shake he's ever had in his life. He said it damn near blacked out. And, of course, they will go over the entire car, every nut and bolt, and make sure that it's tight. They lost first round, too, but just like us, we're going on to the next race, which will be Las Vegas, the four-wide coming up. Oh, when is that? 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm supposed to know, but I don't. So April third. Brian's on top of Thank it. Thank you, Brian. Multitasker. Well, we're trying to find <laughs> trying to find Jim. I guess he's probably in the in the motorhome. But uh, um, yeah, why don't we he, walk back here and see if we can find Jack? Jack. Jack. Oh, Jack, there you go. Jack Maroney is Jim's father. His father and mother both here. They're very much part of the crew. As we pass by the trailer and see Colt Maroney, who's here. He does the rods and he builds the, what we call the racks, all eight rods and pistons for another run. And that's serious business. I mean, making sure the right rings, we had a problem with the wrong oil rings once, and it made a big difference. So, And we move a little further back, and sitting down is Preston Maroney. Preston is Jim's oldest son. He does the, he's part of the bottom end and left-hand cylinder. We don't have one cylinder head guy. There's the left hand and the right hand. Yeah. Makes it go a lot faster. Hey, which one of these two, Colton or Preston, is the one that runs the sprint car? Colton does. Colton's Colton. a sprint car racer. Let, let's see. I think that's the one circle track uh, program that a lot of drag racers can dig. One reason I oh, like yeah. it is because I love them sprint cars when I guess they're outlaws. They'll come out of the corner and put the front end in the air. That's just awesome. It is, it is interesting stuff. Uh, his last race, he had some bad luck. He pulled a tear-off, you know, to keep the mud off, and the pin broke, and all the tear-offs came off at once. Oops. You're screwed. You're dead in the water. He had to pull off. You cannot see because all the mud being thrown up in your face. Oh, man. So it's just like drag racing. It's like any kind of racing. Anything can happen go wrong. Well, he's not here right now, so. We, we picked up a couple of sponsors for this weekend. Uh, WSM Auctioneers, probably hmm. the best car auction guy in the entire valley is sponsoring us and also tempe mechanical which is an engineering firm that shares the same offices that jim occupies with his business with american flotech and when you have no money sponsors to get help from local guys really is a big thing across from us the capco guys are warming up their car you heard that in the background and of course that'll be a big crowd of people gather around some of the really loonies will gather as close as they can to get as much nitro in their lungs, <laughs> make sure their earwax gets drained, make sure their sinuses are cleaned out. And you hear the cars firing up, which means we're probably not too far from round number two. Wow, so, yeah, they fly. 55-minute turnaround under an ideal circumstances. We would not be standing here if he was getting ready for round two. No, no. Mm -hmm. It would be a, a beehive of activity there. I wonder where Colton Watch out, went. Joey. Now that's, we call him Coffee. He owns Top Fuel Espresso, one of our sponsors. Ah, okay. He came into this program knowing nothing about this. Now he services the blower and takes care of the blower and the intake manifold and does a great job for it. Cool. So Is he going to make all the races? We're planning on eight races right now. We're planning on the two Pomona races, the Firebird, or not Firebird, the Wild Horse race, two races at Las Vegas, and then the Western Swing, which is Seattle, Sonoma, and uh, Denver. Very cool. Now, there's talk that maybe we'll be able to get financing enough to go to Indy, which we would love to oh, do. Oh, that would but be But that's awesome. a long, expensive trip. Yeah. So I think it's going to get pretty loud here for a while, so maybe we'll, sh maybe we'll shut off and come back and talk some more a little bit later. What do you think? Sound good? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, okay, Hal. So, I'm glad I got to see you this weekend out at the Nationals. You had a good time out there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, 
it's got to be a pretty bad day when I don't have a good day at the drag strip. You know the old phrase, a, a, a bad day at, or a, a good day at work is not as good as a bad day fishing. Well, it's kind of the same thing for me at the drags. So Something like that, right, yeah. yeah. I know I got that wrong, but whatever. Uh, the uh, Moroni racing car, uh, in some respects, we had the top fuel car. We someday, some respects, we had a good event. Other respects, we didn't. We did qualify, and we we're very, very glad that we did in front of our hometown crowd. And and by the way, I'd like to thank everybody who stopped by our pits to say hi. Uh, between me and Johnny West and Jim Maroney, there was a constant stream of people coming by to say hi and keep up the good work and stuff. And, and it amazed me and Johnny both how many people came by specifically to see him. He was smiling most of the afternoon, and <laughs> I thought that was cool. Oh, see, I didn't know how he felt. I, I kind of wanted to get introduced to him because I used to watch him when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, Johnny's been around this game a long time. He knows more in his little finger than most people will ever know about running a fuel car, and uh, I think we're very fortunate to have him. So all in all, it was a good deal. Uh, once you get Jim out in the front, he really enjoys it especially when he gets to talk to either somebody he's known for a long time or little kids. He is so good with the little kids. And that's good to see, you know. Uh, we had, a, on Friday night, we had a group of five junior, uh, five or six little kids come by. They all had those plastic dragsters, you know, that Antrim made one. Yeah. You know, the ones I said, why did they make these for? This is, a, they're <laughs> going to lose their butts on these things. It's the biggest item they sell. And Jim signed each and every one personally and talked to each kid, you know. And you know those kids went away there and they're going to remember that. And so will the parents and that's the good thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how you, I was mentioning that today as a matter of fact, how you guys were um, uh, shuttling spectators into the pits yes. give them a little tour of the pit and showing them the car and right meeting the people the only time i don't do that is when the guys are really busy you know like even after our first round loss the guys made like we were going to make the second round and did the, the 55 minute turnaround thing they were really scrambling they were thrashing yeah and i wasn't going to bring somebody in then but i have no problem bringing a couple kids past the barrier and lining up next to the parachutes there at the back of the car and let mom and dad take a picture hey that doesn't cost anything. It doesn't hurt us. It helps us, you know, and, and at our point, we need all the help we can get, you know. It's much cool. I, I really like it. I think it's, I think it's great. See, I grew up at a time where we were spoiled, I would say. When, when I went to the Nationals, we didn't have to have those pit tours because we effectively got to walk right up to the pit. I right. mean, the cars there, were there parked were no sideways barriers. alongside their cars. There was a rope around it, but we were probably no less or no more than five feet away from the car. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, with with the big rigs, all the tractors, tractor-trailer rigs and everything like that, and plus how incredibly sophisticated these cars are. I mean, there, I talked to so many old guys like me this weekend yeah, man, I remember when we used to do this stuff, and it wasn't anything like we had, they have to do today. And some of those guys, I walked up alongside the car, and they were blown away at how sophisticated these cars are. And I am, too. I mean, I'm, I own half that car. I've been there for coming apart a dozen times, and there's always something that just amazes me. So I'm so proud of our crew. Uh, I may have mentioned they're all volunteer except for Johnny, our crew chief. And they all work very, very hard, don't receive a dime. Uh, 
the guy we call coffee owns top fuel espresso uh coffee shops here in the gilbert area and stuff he's one of our guys and he always brings a thing of coffee and hot chocolate and and uh, there's always stuff to eat and and they just work hard you know it's just non-stop and everybody gets along and um you watch people have commented on you watch a, a top fuel or a funny car crew at work and it's kind of like watching a ballet because everything seems to just kind of flow together you know i mean they're working in some cases you got the two guys right underneath the car at the diver and they are literally dodging hot oil and parts that come out of the engine occasionally somebody will slip with a with a sleeve or a clutch plate our poor Cody. Cody this weekend got hit in the head with sleeves three or four times and with hot clutch plates at least once. You know, is is he whining about it? No, he just keeps, he laughs and just keeps on trucking. That's, that's the kind of people you need, and we're glad to have him. Yeah, it's part of the, <clears throat> part of the job, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to expect that. I would, you said ballet. You know, it's a funny thing. I had to leave the track early um, because my wife, she had already planned on us going to Cirque du Soleil. Oh, okay. Which I was not into it. I wasn't interested in it. Had no interest, you know. Oh yeah. All right, but gotta keep the wife happy. We and do what we so have I went to do. Home, yeah. And it's funny what you say. Watching that crew in action to me is more like watching a Cirque, Cirque du Soleil act. I yeah. mean, it's it's more it's more uh, it's fast. Yeah. Everything's fast. The difference is, of course, at a program like you're talking about. It is choreographed down to every foot, every second. Ours is not. The guys know the job they have to do, but, I mean, the sleeves don't all come out. The heads don't all come off at the same time, you know, and it's sometimes one, one process will have to wait a minute or so or whatever till the other side of the car gets up. I don't know if people realize each side on a fuel car each side of the, of the engine has its own crew. The guy on the left side doesn't work on the right generally, and vice versa. Uh, the guy in the, the diver on the bottom works on one side, and the other guy works on the other. And that's how they manage to do this coordination without getting in each other's way. Yeah. And, uh, but still, it, it's, it gets pretty hectic at times. Then you got the guy carrying the 12 quarts of hot oil back and dumping it and cleaning out the oil pan and... Boy, did we have a a mess after that first round. I was just going to say that, um, you know, the it was a 401, I believe, was your qualifying time. Right. And, hey, that was pretty respectable for what happened on that pass. Oh, yeah. Uh, as as we say, we kicked a couple rods out. We had a... I took a look at that while yeah, you guys were gone. <laughs> all the parts were in the, the oil pan, which the oil pan was pretty well wrecked, too. And yep. it was basically a pile of shrapnel. Yeah. That's what it really was. And even the pistons that weren't part of the cylinders that had, you know, come out, uh, the flying pieces had chewed every one of them up, chewed up lifters, broke the camshaft, and it broke the block so badly, we don't think we're going to be able to fix it for use with a fuel car again. Maybe it'd be all right for alcohol car, but mm. it actually got, got down into the cam webbing down there. Yeah, and I saw Elongated it. and... Ooh, it was ugly. We had been given, I won't name names, okay, but we had been given some uh, rod bearings to try, and we put them in cylinders four and six just to try them. Uh-huh. Well, you know what 
which rods broke, it was four and six. Whether it was the bearings, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm not an engineer. I can't look at the, There was very little left of the bearings to analyze, I can tell you that. Yeah. But uh, like I say, and, and the engine was completely full of metal and everything. And the guys got out, loosened everything, and lifted it out and put it on the ground and rolled it away and got the another short block out and put it in, which they had built only that morning, and put it in the car and... Uh, and we went on from there. Our first round, uh, oh, we made it after that. The second round on Friday was a planned shutoff. Yeah. Just to make sure everything was all right. And I was really disappointed because that run, you're looking at all the numbers, it was the best 60-foot we've ever had. Yeah. Um, it was on its way to a probably a high 380. It was, it was trucking. It was really marching. But Jim stepped off the throttle because that's what he and Johnny had decided. It didn't hurt anything. And uh, we came into Sunday's race, or actually we came into Saturday night, uh, when there was a minor malfunction that didn't hurt anything, but Jim elected to shut the car off when he felt something feel weird in the clutch. We can't afford to just go out and roll the dice and see what works. You right. know, the guys across the way, the Torrances and the Colettas and all those teams, okay, well, let's run it. Well, we can't do that. So right. we lost a run there, but come Sunday morning... Uh, the car left good. We he treed the the world champ big time. Jim had well, I think it was an, either an O twenty six or O twenty eight something like that. I don't that. know O two something. I yeah. was thinking I looked at it earlier. I thought it was O twenty one. But yeah. either way, O two is good in a fuel Stevie car. Stevie was what an O eight something or other. It was. I think it was a it was a good hole shot. And had we been able to hold on, who knows? You know, mm. that would if if <laughs> if we'd been able to beat Steve. <laughs> in, in the first round, I, I wouldn't have needed to go to the races the rest of the year. I would have been happy with that, you know. But, you know, uh, shame on me for admitting this, but I was actually hoping he might light the tires or something because I didn't didn't expect that uh, you guys had the power to get around him if he made a good pass. We didn't. But, but again, So I was hoping for it, and yeah. uh, when he came by, it, I think it happened even before half-track. When he came yeah. by half-track, I saw it puffing out the pipes, and I knew it wasn't strong. Well, what happened was something even I didn't realize, and I, and I rode down there with uh, in the back of the golf cart with Kevin, our car chief, and uh, he was he was kind of upset. He thought Jim had stepped off on a, on his own. What actually he said, oh, "Boy, I hope a belt comes off," you know, because he he wanted it to be something mechanical rather than Jim lifting. But what happened? In the pan or somewhere inside the engine, there is a sensor that detects the amount of what we call pan pressure. Okay. And what happened was we blew a head gasket in two places. Yeah. And one of them blew up into a pushrod hole. Right. Which, of course, put all that cylinder pressure right in the bottom of the oil pan. The sensor clicked off. It shuts the engine off, and it pulls the parachutes. It's a good safety item. Mm. But, of course, it killed the run for us. So... But I think uh, I think we made a good performance. We're happy. Uh, again, our crew worked so hard and they worked so well, and uh, it, it was a fun weekend. Um, unfortunately, the event only had one Arizona winner, but that's got kind of a personal touch to, to both of us. Uh, the winner was Dean Carter, former two-time national and world champion and comp eliminator, took his little B nostalgia dragster to the win. His final pass was a six... 690, I think it was, which is pretty good for an injected small block of about 340 inches or whatever it is. And uh, Man, they, that guy has been around. Oh, yeah. he's He's got eight wallies, 
Uh, he's been two-time world champ, and he's gone a lot of rounds. And they have been uh, racing in Arizona for many, many years. As a matter of fact, his late father still holds the all-out record at the old Winslow drag strip for the quickest D2 you ever Oh, turned. no kidding. Yes, yes. Well, remember, it was last week I had mentioned Dean Carter when we were talking about the old Phoenix Dragway when it was in its yep. bad shape. This was in yep. a, um, geez, late 70s, right around, yeah. oh, no, it was, it was 83 when I drove, but I, I remember Dean Carter being out yeah. there in, in the late 70s. And his first win came at Wild Horse a number of years ago. And he was up against, um, it'll come to me, Long David Rampey, long time. Oh, wow. He's a tough got guy. many, many wallies. Yeah. And Dean got way sideways in that run and still was able to drive around him. Well, I looked at, I was in the tower, so I didn't, you know, I saw it from a different angle. But when I looked at the replay, Dean was sideways again, a little bit out of the gate. This time? Hung it out, yeah. And oh, wow. he's still flat. He, he won it. That was not even close. He did a great job. So uh, it was a very emotional awards presentation to him because this was the first race since his dad that he'd won since his dad has passed and i know mm-hmm. he was missing him so yeah uh, ray was a good guy he uh we, we were out here trying to make tigger's digger my my little dragster run one night and it was popping and banging and spitting ray comes walking over and i think because dean lived two doors away from me at the time oh okay and and uh, ray came over and said uh yeah that thing sounds terrible what's the deal and we said we, we weren't sure at the time and somewhere along the line we pulled off the distributor cap and it was a distributor that comp racer joe mazeras who was there racing this weekend along with his daughter kayla uh, had given me just a, a stock hei distributor and it had shorted out inside the cap and was sparking and firing cylinders at the wrong time so ray says well i've, I've got a i've got a distributor hang on he walked Went, drove to his house and brought me a nice billet distributor and just here let's try this and that of course was the problem and uh saw that and he went way out of his way to help us just because he heard <laughs> heard the car and heard how mm-hmm. badly it was running but ray was ray was kind of a gruff old guy yeah but boy he knew his stuff and he was a good guy he really was i miss him a lot uh-huh. that was that was a bummer but it was good to see dean win a uh, commanding win there uh, and I know some other racers went rounds, but just not enough rounds. Still, it was a good event. Yeah, I was looking to see some of the Arizona racers. Because we got good racers here. Well, I, th- I, mean, I think it was Bernie Palvador went a number of rounds. Bernie went, I saw Bernie win some rounds, yeah, in that beautiful car that he's driving. And, uh, and those other people came up. I didn't really watch much of the races until we got down to the semis. And we had a suite for our sponsors up there, and we were watching from there. And by the way, if you ever get a chance... As somebody who works for a sponsor that has a suite or whatever, do it because it it gives a whole different perspective on the race, and it's really nice to sit down in a comfortable seat and watch, and you get to see him from behind, which is pretty cool. So I've never had that. Um, my brother-in-law has a liquor store, and he got tick uh, tickets VIPs, and mm-hmm. he offered them to me one time. I was out on the road, dude. I've got these tickets. Um, they might have been Budweiser, I think. Could have, it could very I, well I think been they Budweiser. Were Budweiser. Has them, yeah. yeah, that's how long ago it was. And he told me, "You need to go. You need to go. They're VIP." And I said, "I can't go. I'm yeah. not in town." So he ended up giving them to my folks. And my dad was already of the attitude of, "I don't want to go to the nationals. I don't want to go out there." And I'm like, "Man, you got to use these tickets, Dad. They're VIP." So convinced him to go, and he was sold. Yep. He said, "If I ever go again, that's the way I'm going." Yep. <laughs> and 
you know, it's probably, and your dad had been into racing prior to that, right? Oh, yeah. Just didn't want to go again. Right. Here's Especially li- nationals. He yeah. just doesn't like the... Crowds uh, and yeah. all the hoopla, yeah. yeah. Well, here's a little factoid, folks. Racers don't make very good spectators. That's right. I ran into Hunter Jones from Tucson, has an alcohol NHRA national event caliber funny car. Hunter's a good guy, and he and his dad were there, and... I I looked at him and says, you having fun? He goes, well, he kind of hemmed in high and says, you don't like being a spectator, do you? And he says, no, I don't. Why weren't they running? The entry the doesn't run alcohol classes at the Phoenix race. Oh. We don't get to see alcohol dragster and alcohol final car, two of the most exciting classes. But, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. So. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was... Now, those if you like those cars, well, this won't come out before then, I don't think. But there will be there's a divisional at Tucson next weekend, and they will be running the alcohol cars down there. So, oh, if we come out with this particular podcast before then, which yeah, you might be hearing it before will, then. Uh, and you like those cars, all the way up to competition eliminator and alcohol funny car and alcohol dragster, plus all the other classes. There's a two or three day divisional at Tucson Dragway this coming weekend, whatever that date is. Mentioning comp eliminator, I think i remember going to the nationals here in arizona a number of times where they weren't running comp eliminator am i wrong about that i can't tell you i'll be honest i don't i don't the only reason i go all three days anymore is because i'm running i'm with a car yeah uh the only time i go anymore is i usually go on friday and i try to take somebody who's never been to the drags before Mm. And, of course, I take them right behind a nitro car for the fire-up. You know, the, oh, yeah. the thing. And I took one of my young, well, not young, he's 17-year-old motocrossers, one of the kids I helped from the motocross track. I took him this year on Friday. <laughs> you should have heard him all the way home. He was gushing. And he's a quiet kid. He doesn't talk a lot, but all the way home was, oh, man, this was so incredible. I can't <laughs> believe I got the chance to do this. Nobody would ever have a chance to do that if they didn't know somebody. I can't believe. And he just went on and on and on. And he'd never been before. And, of course, we gave him a good dose of nitro. And uh, he had a great time. So it was worthwhile on that. And, and the people will come up to us in front of the uh, car there. And I'll, they'll have little kids. And I'll, I, one of the questions I always ask is, A, where are you from? A lot of snowbirds there. And I also ask, you know, ask the kids, have you been here before? And a lot of them haven't. So then I tell the parents, oh, have you gotten them a, a good nitro induction to the sport yet? Sometimes they say yes. And sometimes they say no. And I said, you need to go across the way when this guy fires up the car and stand there. Just, just so you really can get to experience it. I mean, that's pretty yeah. mean and sadistic of me. But you haven't lived at the drags until you've gotten a good shot of nitro and cleared your sinuses and eardrums and everything. Make your ears bleed, you know, the whole thing. So... But it's fun. And I really love doing it. And the crew appreciates it because they know it's just my way of working with them to make our team stronger and better and get more sponsors. But, like I say, good event. Other than, I, you mentioned there was a gentleman, somebody crashed at Cor- Corvette on Friday. No, that was Saturday. Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Because Jim, after your, uh, after your third qualifying pass, yeah. Jim mentioned on to round four. And I was surprised. I didn't think they were going to do a fourth round of qualifying for fuel on Saturday. So I was waiting. I was watching on NHRA results. Yeah, no, they weren't and, planning um, on actually. And towards the end of Super Gas, it just stopped. And I was wondering what had gone on. And I ended up finding out that the last pair of cars they ran, 
a, a super gas car had crashed and it took them too long to clean the track. So that's mm. why they had shut down the rest of the night. Well, they did have a crash on Sunday and it was pretty much just during, was it just before the semis or just before? I believe, well, I saw that on Facebook. I saw the photo sequence and that was the final round of the big tire shootout. The so-called big tire shootout, yeah. Um, I'm going on record here is not really... Well, people know I'm not really in favor of that kind of racing. I respect what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to make a statement, and that's that there are some people, and I don't think this gentleman is one of them, but there are some people that should not be doing that, Jeff. They're in, they're in way over their heads with way more horsepower than either they or their vehicle is capable of. What is your objection to when you say that kind of racing? Uh I guess what you call it the, it's the uh, the outlaw racing type. Okay. The, the big tire, the we don't race at the drag strip. These a lot of these guys are guys who used to or may still street race. They uh, uh, they just don't. Uh, I don't know. It's like they don't appreciate the way the way things are done. Okay. Well, let's face it. There's no progress unless you have people who. who say, well, I don't want to do it the way things are done. I want to try something new. The problem is, is we're dealing with a very dangerous situation. You know, drag racing is dangerous. Yes. Racing is dangerous. Right, right. Heck, life is dangerous. I could walk out of here and get hit by an engine falling off a 747, you know. Not much odds that it'll happen, but it could, you know. So uh, I think I'll step with you a little bit on that. I, I'm kind of 50-50. The, th the thing about it is... <sighs> outlaw quote unquote mm -hmm. name is a big ass umbrella that covers too much covers there's outlaw lot. on the track and there's outlaw off of the track yeah. and they're all falling under the same banner now you know the ones who's running on the track for instance the guys that were running this weekend obviously they're they're nhra licensed they oh yeah they passed their tests in and i did NHRA, not mean to imply that they wouldn't nhra says they're uh Legal to run. You know, good enough to, to drive that car there. Yeah. And, but I have to agree with you that there's a lot. I don't know about the guys who that we see on TV running the outlaws, you know, that right. are really doing the deal. The problem I have with it is that I think there's a lot of people out there that are doing this. If they can afford to put 1,500 horsepower motor in their car, they're out there running and they probably don't have licensing. And many of them or don't experience. have the car to go along with it. That's true, too. A lot of safety equipment is missing on safety a lot of these equipment. real outlaw cars. And sometimes you'll see a guy take a stock car, like a just thrown out a Camaro, and put that kind of horsepower in it. That chassis can't take that sort of stuff. That chassis is going to twist. Well, they need a reinforced thing. They need to get suspension improvements. And uh, the first round came up when I was in the tower on Friday. When I say the tower, I'm talking about our suite. Your suite? The, the Jim Roney suite there okay. at the Nationals. And we had guests from our we had from our, the two companies that were sponsoring us this weekend wsm auctioneers and tempe mechanical and some of these people had we're not really familiar with drag racing that much and i said now then let's let's kind of watch this and out of all the cars that did the first round i think there was only one pair where both cars made it down smoothly and there was a couple cars that got way oh out this of was shape. the uh, the uh, big tire showdown yeah, the big tire shootout uh, there was a yellow car of some sort, nice-looking car, and he came so close to the wall, not once, but twice. Mm. Now, you and I know 
if you're in eliminations and you get all squirrely, well, you shut off. You give it up. You're done. Chances are you're not going to, rec- you know, the other guy, unless the other guy does the same thing. Yeah. If you're in a pedal face, you know, you, you stick after it. But when you get all out of shape, uh, this car got right up next to the rail on the right side. I mean, real close. And then before he was back in the center of his lane, he stabbed it again mm. and got really close. You know, and people were just, sure, the crowd likes to see that. Yeah. But we don't want to see a crash. We don't want to see somebody get hurt. You know, it's one thing to see excitement, but, you know, everybody goes, wow, but we don't want to see anybody get hurt. And that was, it was too close. You know, he should have lifted or she, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea whose car it was. I did talk to somebody in the pits. There was a display car just inside the gate, and me and my uh, grandson. That was um, a red car. Yeah. Now I know him from way back in the day when when we used to cruise Central. Really? I mean, I don't know him personally. Yeah, you just know who he is. Uh, yeah, Kelly. But beautiful car. Oh man, this was the red car just as you walked in the place. And I mentioned this was after the first run, and I mentioned this guy with the yellow car. Uh, both guys roll their eyes and go, yep, that guy doesn't lift. He's never going to lift. He doesn't listen to anybody. I'm sorry. I don't want those guys out in the drag strip next to me. That type of person, you know, who who never going to lift and is never going to listen. Uh-uh. Not happening. And that's that's bad. There were a couple other things that went on. There was After uh, Steve Torrance took the win, there was a deal in the pits where somebody climbed on a Harley and was doing burnouts and donuts and the Harley right in the pits across from us with crowds of spectators hanging around. Um, you know, it's, it's, that that makes me nervous too. What happens if that bike suddenly catches traction he's not ready for and it shoots forward and goes into the crowd? And the fuel teams, some of the fuel teams coming back in the pits way too fast. Oh, really? Oh, way too fast. And I've noticed that in the past, that they really haul ass through I there. I mean, sure, they're in a hurry to get back. But what happens if some spectator is just walking along, not paying attention, walks out in front of them? Drag racing is done if that happens. Hitting a spectator in the pits, killing them maybe? No, it isn't worth it. Those extra 15 seconds it takes to get to your pits just simply are not worth what might happen. I know we can't live in fear of everything. Again, you know, the piano falling out of the 747 idea we can't live in fear all the time but we can take steps to minimize the possibilities that's what safety equipment's all about you know nobody expects to go on their head but we've got a good roll cage just in case we do you know i gotta i gotta say something here and it might might make people mad but i'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about it i've noticed that in the past i i might be one of the ones who's walking and the horn starts blowing behind me and I get out of the way and the car comes by towing the dragster or funny a car at, at a pretty high rate of speed, which I'm mm-hmm. surprised. Like you said, I realize they got to get to their pit in a hurry. First, I like, wow, that's a little fast. But then, of course, I brush it off. Well, they've got a job to do. But, you know, I have to sit back and think about this for a minute. Wait a minute. We are told, us little guy sportsmen's, uh, Speed World started it with me. They they gave me some crap years ago. Mm-hmm. Five miles an hour in the pits. Five miles an hour in the pits. And I really got aggravated with that because I went back and I did the math. And I said, you know, if you really want me to do five miles an hour on that return road, 
You from the time I get on to, to the time I get back to the pit, you ain't going to see me back in the lanes for half an hour because yeah, I'm going to have to shut the cower off once because it's going to overheat. It's yeah, going to take. Yeah, you're going to have to give me more time between rounds. I think I did the math and I was looking at something like nine minutes just to get back to the pit. Yeah, if, at you, that took, speed. if you took the last turn off, I could <laughs> easily see that. Yes. And so I think maybe NHRA might should look at that a little bit. They're telling us, I think they realistically tell us 15 miles an hour, and honestly, none of us adhere to it yeah. because we can't. Well, these guys were not coming anywhere They're not. close to the. No. And, and part of it is the fact there's a guy, NHRA official, out in front on a scooter with his horn going full yes. blast. And he's the one going the speed. the speed. Yeah, he's the pace car. Yeah, wrong. That's got to change. Again, I, I, I'd hate to lose our sport because of an incident involving something like that. Because let's face it, when you're towing a dragster or a funny car going that fast, you and somebody walks in front of you, there's not much you can do. If you swerve to get out of the way, you're definitely going to take out some people, especially at a national mm-hmm. when the pits are so crowded. By the way, they announced it as a sellout on Sunday, which was kind of I rewarding. Yeah, uh, over 72,000. It would have been nice to have the full-size bleachers down on the pit side. You know, the whole rack of bleachers there were condemned early in the year, and we had to put in temporaries, and they were only half the height. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but uh, hey, at least they got them in there. But uh, it was good to see the turnout, and I'm sure part of it is the fact that most people didn't come Saturday because they thought it was going to rain. But it was a good it it was a good looking crowd. There was a lot of people in the grandstands, as opposed to some races we've seen lately. You know? I got to say, when I was out, I was out on the road Saturday working, and uh, I kept seeing. Well, of course, I was watching because I wanted to see you guys make another qualifying pass and see what was going on. And I was surprised with the rain taking as, going as long as it was. And then Jim mentioned that you guys were going to run at four o'clock. Four o'clock was the plan. Yeah, and. Uh, Boy, oh boy, the social media started lighting up like crazy with people giving, a, a, they were coming down hard on Wild Horse Pass um, for being unprofessional, as a matter of fact, was, was one of the ones for that I, I, really, I really took exception to that. Wait, wait, unprofessional in what respect? Well, a common complaint was, oh, we bought our tickets months in advance and here it rains all day so we don't even come to the track and now at four o'clock you're going to start running cars and we're out we don't get our money back and um i mean to one to to one degree i i get it but at the same time i mean we the thing i took was like it was almost like they were blaming nhra and blaming wild horse pass for the weather yep but you know something (laughs) Read the back of yes, your ticket, people, I know. and it says there will be no refunds in case of a rain out. Well, I think they get a rain check or a rain date uh, uh, if if there's nothing, but as long as they run one round. Yeah, I saw some of that, too. Um, they do what they have to do. I know? mean, I, you know me. I'm not a fan of NHRA. I've got my complaints, but I on this side, do, I have to stand up and say, man, um... What can they do? They didn't bring the rain. Yeah. And and for some of the comments were, well, you should have canceled it. You should have. Can- Are you kidding? To cancel it and make all these racers come back on another weekend is ridiculous. Yeah. If if they had canceled Saturday, they did a couple things right. After the qualifying on Friday night, 
instead of saying, okay, we're all done, we've run the jet cars, we're, we're all done for the rest of the day, like they usually do, they said, okay, cars to the lanes, and they started running the sportsman because they knew it was going to rain. That yeah. was that was the one thing, the first thing they did right, yeah. and the second thing was doing it after uh, our uh, session at 4 or 4.30 or whatever it was. Okay. Uh, and I was kind of amazed that by the time we ran all the finals, that it was that early in the day, I figured there would have been a lot more cars running, but they took care of it earlier. So they did a good job in that respect. But, you know, uh, they, like I, have the same attitude. We just do what they do in o- like they do in Oklahoma when it rains. You what know what is? they do? No. They let it rain. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? So we, we, can't, we can't call Dumbledore and have him make a... a cover over the thing and keep it from raining it's just we'll just have to deal with it the best way we can i was at the winter nationals many years ago i don't know what year it was when it rained out qualifying completely and for some reason they said well we're going to run the whole event on sunday the whole darn thing and they ran the whole thing including qualifying in one day it was amazing we could never do it today there's many more classes you know many more participants but it was amazing. But there's also been winter nationals that took three weekends to finish. Couldn't do that today either. There aren't three weekends between this and, you know, winter nationals and Phoenix. You know, I can't say I'm a fan of the schedule of NHRA. But to make the guys go to Gainesville next and then come back, you know, it, it hops all over the country. Of course, so does, uh, what's the other big series? A lot of these, oh, the AMA, AMA Supercross series and Motocross oh. series hop all over the country instead of trying to make some sort of a, okay, next city is so-and-so, so we'll go there next. They go from here, okay, now we're going to go to Houston. Then we're going to come back and go to Anaheim again. And then, you know, it's like the associations don't, uh, don't really work together. And you and I have that same problem. Uh, there's an event, the, uh, there's a heritage race at fontana coming up it's the same weekend as the nitro revival in irwindale oh I'm wow committed, i'm committed to the nitro revival with my cackle car oh, but wow. i want to go run my race dragster at the uh heritage race now i won't be able to do that right so that's two similar events i mean not they're both nostalgia type events let's put that there's going to be a lot of disappointed people there what's that the can't. one you got to go to uh, the Nitro Revival, which is something Steve Gibb puts on. All the all the Nitro cars get together, and we all cackle. I mean, there's okay. like 40, 50, 60 Nitro cars all at once. And uh, it's, it's kind of like the Hot Rod Reunion. But, but uh, it's not NHRA-affiliated? No, no. It's not a race, or it is a race? Nope, there's, oh, okay. oh, there's a few exhibition cars, but uh, mostly it's just to get together and have fun. And they put all the dragsters on the track and fire them all up just like they used to do or still do i guess at the hot rod reunion there steve is, gibbs used to put the hot rod reunion on but he he left nhra and now does this on his own there's a ton going on these days oh yeah yeah it's so funny what we mentioned last week was how we used to race every week every week somewhere and, here, yeah. well no we used to i mean the part i missed was we used to race every week here in town yeah now we don't get that but yeah, every week there is at least two or three things going on, and whenever we try to schedule a race of our own, it always falls on top of something else. Yep. And let's remind our listeners, uh, and by the way, thank you those of you who called in and wrote in and posted and said nice things about our first attempt. Um, 
when is our when is the drag car next race it's pretty quick it is it's it's march 7th and i've got to really get busting on that car so i can have my car ready for that i got to get my trailer emptied so you i can do go. what are you gonna do with all that stuff oh, i don't know <laughs> we're still going around and around i helped a friend empty his storage unit and uh it's still sitting in my backyard so i don't know Whatever. where you can we'll put that stuff it. i know what we need to do it's just a matter of getting it done well, what else are we going to talk about? Are we all pretty done for this time? We got we got a pretty long uh, thing this time. I think we also have some pre-recorded stuff. Well, some, it was some so interviews cool. you talk with. What was really cool was uh, after we cut our first segment, uh, we had planned to do some more, but we didn't get a chance to. You got busy out there, and uh, as you guys, you and Jim, I think it was, went up and watch second round of top fuel run i ended up hanging back in the pits and i got a chance to talk to jack maroney mm-hmm. jim's dad yeah that was really cool for me i used to watch him run when i was a kid didn't know him at the time didn't know his name or anything only learned about who he was after meeting jim mm-hmm. and our connection with the the american flow tech and drag car and it was kind of funny because i went up and asked jack i said hey we're doing podcasts about arizona racing and stuff and and Jeff would like to talk to you. And he goes, well, I don't know why he'd want to talk to me. And I says, Jack, you got a lot of history. You can talk. But once he got started, he was more than happy to tell you a lot. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a good one. But In fact, gonna- it made me nervous because I kind of saw him say no to you. And then I thought, uh-oh. Uh, but then he started talking to me. And, you know, he he, he could up. be an intimidating guy to look at. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, yeah, he did. He he just went right out he was good to go for first dragster first race car was a front engine little short small front engine dragster he did his was oh he didn't mention that yeah with a supercharged four-cylinder tempest engine really a mickey thompson setup no kidding that was his first dragster yeah not see he didn't mention that part well, well he, we didn't get he's had an awful lot of cars too. oh yeah there's been a lot of blind faith cars and stuff like that i hope you got to talk about some of those yeah we did um so we're going to use that as the basis for our next one. Is that yeah, what I understand? We'll do, we'll, we'll do that one next week. Uh, I got There's a couple of things that we talked about. I actually want to go back and dig up some data on one of the races that Haley Maroney raced in mm-hmm. because that became a, a, a topic of us. Um, so I want to get some stuff before I say anything incorrectly. I want to make sure that yeah. what happened on that deal. So we'll bring that up. But. We'll edit that out and you know, it's make funny. it good to go. I asked Haley. Haley is Jim's youngest daughter, uh, youngest of all four kids. And we were just talking, and I said, Haley, you ever think you might like to drive this thing? We're standing right next to the fuel car. And she gets this, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't a wistful look, but a kind of a pensive look. And she says, well, yeah, but... I think I'd like to get some more runs in a lower-powered car first. <laughs> okay. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. She's got this neat little Nostalgia 2 dragster, and uh, we've raced together once. And, of course, I red-lighted because it was a full tree. And uh, my run would have beat her, but, uh, you know, I red-lighted. Jack was mentioning that they've got another naturally aspirated car. Uh, that I think they're thinking of putting one of the sons in? Would it be oh, Preston? that would be the Vega panel funny car that they built to replicate their first funny car, the Moronian Day car, the blue car, the powder blue car. You've probably seen it. Yeah. It's got, oddly enough, it's got the 454 Chevy that came 
in the car that I bought that was the Moody car, and I just gave them that engine. And uh, they've had some, there's been some steering issues and some horsepower issues, but they're, uh, I think Preston is scheduled to drive that. Cool. Because Colton's too busy driving. Well, I know cars. they're busy with the top fuel deal, but I sure yeah. wish we could see them out there running in uh, in our drag car races oh, yeah. coming in the future. I don't think the Maroney family is happy if they're not racing somewhere each weekend. You know, because like I say, Colton has a pretty full schedule with the, the Sprint car as well. Yeah. And, uh, did and he's I doing make, good, right? Yeah, he's doing very well considering the relatively short amount of time that he's been doing it, yes. How long has he been doing it? Uh, it's under... It's under two years i know that and oh, you know really? that sounds like a long time but you don't race every single weekend there's a sprint car season and it's not really that long mostly during the summer you know because they like to race at night but uh, they don't get the chance to race every week either. his last race i may have mentioned uh last race he was doing well and grabbed a tear off the things that the clear plastic to keep mud off your vision and the pin on the shield broke and took the whole rack of tear offs off and you're screwed. You're done. Because quickly, within a lap, you're going to be so mudded in you can't see and you can't wipe it. And there's no more tear-offs, so he had to pull off. That was kind of a tough break, and there's nothing he can do about it. But uh, that's why they call it racing, you know. It happens. Yes, definitely <laughs> does. I will vouch for that. Well, Jeff, been fun again. It has. You don't got anything else to tell us from the Nationals, huh? Um... No, we are going to be in Vegas for the four wide, of course. Okay. That will be a much tougher race to qualify for because I think we'll have a larger turnout. We had 17 cars this time, and somebody went home. I think it was Cameron. And, yeah, uh, Cameron didn't make it. Did you see their qualifying pass? No, I did not, but I, I found... There was a picture of it. There was a picture of it that popped up, and it was bizarre to me because the, car, the oh, back the tires car came were in off the, air. the ground. Yeah, the car came completely off. I heard it. I was in the, in the lanes behind. We were just walking in, and uh, Alan Reinhardt in the tower was just freaking out because this car just literally hopped completely off the ground. I don't know what caused that. Oh. I do know that both of Terry Haddock's cars had problems this weekend with the new ignition grid set up uh, mm. on his last qualifier Saturday night. The car just shut off. Boom. Not pull the fuel shut off, slowly wind down, but shut off and i talked to terry and he said the grid thing failed i said well can't you just put in the old one he says we can't it's not legal anymore oh get out of here yeah really? somehow they got the funny car running i know he made first round but cameron didn't qualify okay so but i think uh everybody looks forward to vegas the wives like to go because they go shopping <laughs> and uh we go because it's it's really it's a good facility i'm i'm not a fan of the track manager but uh, it's a great facility, and uh, we're, we look forward to going there. Plus, it's not too far from home. You right. Know, something we have to consider. Our plan is to go to both Pomona's, both Vegas's. We went here, and then the, the Western Swing, the three races at Denver, Sonoma, and Seattle. Okay. And there's some talk about trying to line up some uh, a way to get to Indy just because we want to go to Indy. Yeah. Now there's competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe by then we'll have found the combination. I think we're pretty close to the combination now. We just end having little things that have uh, the fly in the ointment type stuff. New so. car blues. Yeah, and and have I said it before? If this was easy, everyone would do it. You did say that before. Yeah. Well, I'll say it again. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening. We look forward to having you enjoy this podcast. And... Uh, 
Whether we'll crank one out every week, I don't know. Jeff and I both have busy schedules, but we're going to kind of keep after it. And again, thanks to the people who said some nice things about our first one. Indeed. All right. All right.